It's time for the Security Token Show. We're here to bring you the latest and greatest in security token news. Coming from across the globe to your living room. And delivering all the latest STOs and getting you up to date on what's happening in the market. So what are you waiting for? Let's get on with the show. And welcome back to this week's episode of the Security Token Show. I'm your host, Kyle Sondland Herwig. It's great to be here. Always a pleasure, Kyle. I actually came back from the dentist earlier feeling a little peppy. The show must go on. And look, there was so much information this week. We just couldn't wait to bring it to you by postponing. So here we are fighting through the adversity, at least you on that end. But before we dive into the show today, I want to thank our sponsor, which this week is Actionariat. Actionariat is a data partner of STM. They have over 30 tokenized companies and partners that they're working with to bring the Swiss tokenization ecosystem alive. They are actually hosting an investor event in Zurich, Switzerland. So if you're in the area, check it out. There's Eventbrite links and Eventfrog links for their conference March 30th, just two weeks from today, wanted to shout them out for hosting another, I think, the third annual institutional event. Oof, that is awesome, Kyle. Got to thank our sponsors for making this show possible this week. Thank you, Actionary. And with that, get into the show, shall we? Let's do it. And kicking off the top five things you got to know happening right now in the industry. Last week, we saw an announcement from Swift, Kyle, from the Swift Network, which mm -hmm. powers, of course, the banking ecosystem of their payment rails. Uh, which makes it very suspicious that, of course, they are now, of course, announcing that they are going into beta with their CBDC interoperability program. Kyle, this is enabling uh, HSBC, BNP Paribas, as well as SockGen, UBS, World Bank of Canada, and others to work with SWIFT on a cross-payments. They're using, I believe, Singapore and the dollar, uh, maybe the euro. Lots of very interesting things to enable new payment rails, leveraging central bank digital currencies, presumably stable coins, conversion into fiat, cross payments, the whole shebang, very big news. Yeah, Swift Network was built in the 80s famously, and there's all kinds of problems with it now because of the fact that high frequency is blowing everything up. They're getting into the blockchain game. And in the number four, unfortunately, we're looking at the downside of the market. And this is talking about Symbian, a company you may have heard of before doing financial services with a lot of large financial institutions specifically focused on blockchain and tokenization for securities, as well as Marco Polo, which is a blockchain development shop. We've covered them in the past as well. Both are bankrupt. Specifically with Symbian, they worked with Vanguard. They, and they just filed a Chapter 11 bankruptcy by their lender. So they took on a loan of, I think, $2.3 million. It looks like that lender is now seizing the assets and stripping it for what it's worth. So unfortunate, we, you know, best of vibes going out to everybody from the Symbian and Marco Polo teams. Hope you can land on your feet. Um, and shout out to the great work that they've done because both teams have, have actually done legitimate progress. So not great news, but something happened in the market. Yeah, well, for sure, we got to track it. It's one thing that Marco Polo raised $95 million and Symboya raised $53 million. Now it looks like big clients are going after uh, potentially the ownership of the companies. 
Moving on to number three, we've got Cashlink out of Germany. Folks, they are announcing a Series A raise. They said they raised mid-seven figures, an awesome amount from TX Ventures, from Futury Capital, as many others, with Cashlink having a focus on the tokenization of assets. A lot of big news coming out of Germany lately, Kyle. Absolutely right. Europe is hot. And number two, into Europe again, we've got Archax launching two new offerings through their primary markets portal. And as we've seen with a lot of other marketplaces and secondary trading venues, it's been frustrating bringing completed fundraisers to market simply because a lot of them aren't necessarily completing the fundraising process. So a lot of these ATSs, a lot of these exchanges get into the primary game to bring their own products through the life cycle of origination to secondary exchange. It looks like that's what Archax is doing here, specifically with Scribestar and Circular. A Scribestar is a digital documentation and compliance tech company. Circular is doing commodities trading. Both are coming out on their primary offering on Archax. I love it. And now number one, the most important thing you got to know happening right now is an update from Gary Gensler, as well as from another official, the New York Attorney General, the NYAG specifically in the Qcoin lawsuit named Ethereum as a security. Uh, and of course, Gensler, who has been known for already calling Ethereum a security, has reinforced the concept behind proof of stake, which Ethereum recently moved to, uh, being proof of stake as an automatic trigger for being a security. Therefore, Ethereum uh, is a security. Him saying that it is because you would expect a profit when you participate in a staking scheme. Uh, so very big news, regulatory update. But last week, also, we saw uh, the CFTC continue to push their narrative that Ethereum is a commodity. So the war goes on to the fine crypto. And with that, let's head over to Peter Gaffney and see what's happening with the institutions. Welcome back to the institutional segment of the show. I'm Peter Gaffney, head of research at Security Token Advisors. Been a number of quarter one analyst calls this past week, detailing some of the work behind the scenes across blockchains and platforms alike in the tokenization space. So I'm going to bring that your way right now. First off, the most impressive status updates to me yet again lie within the Providence blockchain. Morgan McKenney, CEO of Providence, Foundation, along with Anthony Morrow and Dan Garcia, led the financial services-focused Layer 1 blockchain's quarterly update, showing around $9 billion of on-chain assets across digital mortgages, private investment funds, and even receivables, which was a tokenized this article theme back in the day. Yours truly. Providence expects another $3 billion to come on-chain in the next month or so uh, through one of their users, Hamsa, who currently has tokenized already $1.2 billion worth of commercial loans. I'm personally keeping an eye out on that $12 billion mark for on-chain assets soon enough. Remarkably, additionally, the first digital asset security to file 10K and 10Qs under a public offering will be coming out of Providence as well. Nova Wolf will actually take over all the creditor claims associated with the Celsius blow-up, manage these claims on-chain, essentially as distressed assets, given that the Nova Wolf team has a background in distressed funds. All in this will bring around half a million new users to the Providence ecosystem, which is huge, considering that distribution is the real pain point across the industry right now. We also have Intain and Avalanche Blockchain providing some updates on the structured finance side. Siddhartha and Eric Mitzel of Intain and then Morgan Krupetsky of Avalabs led a walkthrough of the Intain Markets platform on the Avalanche subnet, showing live how we will kind of manage structured products in the $10 million range much as seamlessly as managing products on the $100 million range. So as mentioned on previous episodes, Intain works with WSFS Bank, UMB Bank, Wilmington Trust on its administrative side, working with almost $6 billion in assets managed. 
while also being the only blockchain service out of 200 competitors in the Wells Fargo Innovation Challenge selected. They're making moves on the structured product side, which we love here. Great case for tokenization. To wrap things up, Larry Fink, CEO and chairman of the one, the only BlackRock who manages $8.5 trillion of assets on behalf of clients and investors alike, proclaimed that tokenization is one of the firm's most exciting focuses in his 2023 annual letter to investors. I love to see the token activity on the ETF side of capital markets, especially as a natural progression of capital inflows have kind of gone from mutual funds to exchange-traded funds and now over to blockchain-transferred funds and digital securities, digital asset securities. That's enough for me. Let's see how Jason Barraza is doing with this week's market update. Hello and happy Monday. Welcome to the market update. My name is Jason, filling in for Sam. Now, the security token market cap is looking past macro instability as it has continued its ascension, pushing past the $16 billion mark, much in part due to a strong week from Enegra Group and Boss Info AG. INX, the dealer and interdealer broker, has announced its full support of the Polygon blockchain for secondary listings on INX1. The addition of Polygon to INX's ATS is another milestone in the shared vision to pioneer the new digital economy by bringing real-world assets on-chain. It will be interesting to see exactly how this partnership works, but Polygon is seeing many big players experimenting with their platform instead of powerhouse competitors such as Ethereum. And speaking of, the New York Attorney General has alleged that the Ethereum network token ETH is a security. It made the assertion in a lawsuit filed against crypto exchange KuCoin, alleging that it is operating in New York State without licenses, such as the commodities broker-dealer and securities broker-dealer. Now, we also saw the UK's FCA-authorized broker, Archex, announced their new primary offering capabilities. In the coming weeks, we should expect to see Scribestar and Circular launch as the first two issuers. The first issuer appears to be a capital markets services firm, and the other is a blockchain company. Exciting to see even more tokenized offerings will become available now through Archex. Congratulations. Now, this is a big step for Archex coming into the full scene. And finally, INX announced that Hashrate Asset Group, the first in the Bitcoin mining space under Reg D and Reg S filing to the SEC, will list the HAG Bitcoin mining security token on INX1 platform. HAG will offer eligible investors a brand new option to invest in Bitcoin through hash rate ownership with the security and compliance of INX1's regulated platform. In addition, HAG's anticipated monthly dividends policy allows every token holder to receive Bitcoin returns in a timely fashion. Such dividend policy will be audited by a third party and coded on a smart contract. Now that's all for now, but have an amazing rest of your week and we will see you next Monday. And moving into our main topic for episode 180, coming off the heels of the Data 3.0 Summit from Invenium last week, we were thinking about how valuation transparency is going to be totally changed and improved by using blockchain and tokenization. Herwig, I think we could probably spend an hour on this, but we're not going to do that. So let's talk about some of the highlights. What's, some of the, what's the biggest thing for you with respect to how valuations will be impacted by this enhanced transparency in the asset? Well, Kyle, to me, all comes down to the data. 
Uh, the data standard is what collectively enhances everything across the board. What the blockchain enables us to do is bring specific data to the asset, as well as capture a lot of new data for the asset. For example, trading data. We normally wouldn't have that on a liquid asset. We can now use that to learn what the potential market value of that asset is. But also in the case of what we see with Invenium, where we can tie data to it. So for example, if a big four auditing firm made a valuation on the asset, you might want to tie that to the asset, to the security token, so that you can know, okay, right. here is the actual appraisal data, for example. You can use that to ultimately make better investment decisions. Better investment decisions lead to more people having confidence to purchase, uh, as well as data providers or data servicing providers, for example, lenders using that for collateralization or marketplaces using your information to be able to help uh, sort a transaction out. Lots of capabilities. I think it comes down to the data standard. I'm glad you brought up the data standard because working with STM, so much of our time is in tracking data and in pulling all of these different transactional data sources and none of it's standardized. And so I can only imagine for valuation firms that are looking at a thousand or 10,000 different properties they need to value, investments they need to value, and then all of the data and documentation comes in wildly different ways. Even that alone, I think to your point, got to be number one. A few other things that I thought were interesting were the, obviously the earlier liquidity. I think that anybody that knows about security tokens or has any interest in security tokens, this is almost where their mind first goes. Is Oh, well, I could trade this earlier than the traditional markets. And that's true. I think that that certainly provides us, to your point, with transactional data, whether or not it's liquid or not is irrelevant to the fact that we're seeing actual trading happen, which gives some indication on those changes. And then there's the access piece that I like a lot as well for just in today's capital markets, we're including more countries, more types of investors, as well as lower minimums for these investment products. So even just holding those things constant, holding the asset constant, adding no new value using blockchain, those are just standard efficiencies that presumably wouldn't come out of the liquidity discounts that would traditionally be applied to these assets. I think those are all pretty important. Yeah, I think the way that I would sum that up in sort of the layman's terms is if you have a property A and a property B and they're virtually the same thing in terms of the yield that they provide that, you know, maybe their primary a residential type, who knows what it is, same thing, but one of them is paper-based. They report to you quarterly, maybe annually about what's going on. Another one is digital. You have a dashboard where you can find out information regarding the asset, potentially leverage the asset or trade the asset. This is the difference uh, that, of course, Kyle, I don't know about you, but I would obviously pick asset B uh, with the enhanced data and therefore more demand. Uh, in principle, you would have an increased value. Right, exactly right. And and with that, then enhanced liquidity, now you can properly sell it so that unlike private REITs, for example, or private funds and LP interests, there's not a lot you're going to be able to do if you want to get out of that position. Even if the portfolio looks great, you're pot committed until they, you know, trigger those distributions. And in a lot of real estate cases, they may not. They may just continue to roll that over and you're hoping for redemption at some point. That's not an incredibly efficient market to give real-time feedback to those fund managers and to other outside perspective investors. And then I, I think that that's all interesting. And then as we said, we've talked about this on the show for almost 200 episodes now. We're getting close to it. And there are so many added benefits that come by tokenizing. Do you have any thoughts around that? 
Um, yeah, I mean, again, to just to summarize it around valuation and transparency, specifically the fact that you are now, again, bringing in more investors. To your point earlier, we're talking about asset managers, investment banks, the big boys and girls uh, that are specifically also suffering from the fact that they have armies of human capital that deal with what is the price of this asset? How can we report that to the investors? Who owns that, et cetera? This is as a result of tokenization. All of this is brought on chain, therefore enhanced user experience, the efficiencies, the savings, uh, not to mention all the new capabilities that tokenization right. brings. So ultimately, at the end of the day, again, it's now this trust in data that participants of all kinds can have that radically transforms the asset. And that's the technology. That's why the SWIFT network is trying to get involved. That's why all the investment banks are looking to originate because of the enhanced valuations that they're able to get with standardized data. This is really what blockchain provides to capital markets and to a lot of people's recognition is only going to make a more efficient and effective capital market because of it. Now, of course, you know, we do have the challenge of as we see different blockchains uh, and different sort of data standards arise, interoperability becomes a big question. Seeing providers like Invenium, Ovenu, and others provide valuation as a service, Oracle services to essentially tie the different information together on chain. Uh, so this is definitely going to be a working thing in the industry, but it's absolutely clear this is the future of finance because of what we just said. So with that, if you have questions or thoughts or feedback, please, of course, let Kyler and I know these main topics are here for you, uh, for you to learn much as we get the chance to talk about. So uh, with that, Kyle, let's end our show with Companies of the Week. And to close out this week's show, Herwig and I are going to pick two companies for our company of the week. This is where we want to spotlight some, a few businesses doing some extraordinary things in the space, and it grants them a ticket into the running for company of the year. At the end of the year, we pick one of the hundred or so winners to get our company of the year achievement. Herwig, who do you got this, this week? My coveted choice, Kyle. My uh, choice for episode 180. Got to give it to Archax. Oh, loved what they're doing over there, bringing two new offerings. Uh, they are FCA authorized. There are not many, if any, other uh, marketplaces uh, that actually are uh, licensed to do digital securities, both now primary brokerage and uh, presumably secondary soon as they bring these offerings to market. So very exciting stuff. Uh, I think we're going to see many more offers. We saw the same thing with many platforms here in the United States, Kyle. So as they turn on the faucet of primary offerings, they can start building an investor base and start growing an even larger pool of institutions and, and investors and users that I know that they've been building, uh, given that they are one of the leading platforms out there. Uh, so very exciting stuff. This is a big, big step for them, I think. And so I wanted to, to signify that there with my Company of the Week award. So congratulations to Archax. Congratulations, Archax and STM Data Partner. We are, are always working with them. Love the team there. Graham, Simon, and everybody, congrats. Kyle, how about you? Well, Maya is a first-time entrant into the company okay. that we calls, and that is Cashlink. Cashlink announced their seven-figure 
fundraising round that they pulled off with, it seemed like a healthy amount of not only VCs and institutional investors, as well as a handful of angels and high net worths that got involved. So we know how hard it is to not only fundraise in this environment, but also to grow a business in these burgeoning technologies where it seems like you're playing against the big dogs. And so Cashlink's doing some great stuff. They've got some TradFi clients that they're working with, asset managers and others to learn how tokenization works, presumably to build the technology to issue those assets as well. We've seen how great and welcoming the European regulators seem to be to these technologies. So exciting to see fresh capital into an innovator. Yeah, that's coming off the heels of last week's Fenoa. Uh, also getting yeah. their licenses in Germany. So congratulations to Cashlink. Uh, seems like we got an incredible scene coming out of Europe, maybe Germany specifically. Uh, so with that, folks, that's the show. We have hope. We hope we catch you again next week on Monday. Uh, and of course, in the meantime, go check out stm.co. Come check us out on social media. We're super active. All these things are happening throughout the week. It's your one-stop shop for all things security tokens. Uh, and with that, uh, happy tokenizing. Thank you.